Hi, I'm Jonathan Sharp, and this is the University of Tennessee Daily Beacon's Bad Movie Showcase. Each week, me and a guest will subject ourselves to some truly awful movies and attempt to find something redeeming about them. We'll probably fail, but at least we'll have some fun along the way. Without further ado, future me and guest. All right, and welcome. Uh, today with me, I have Tyler, the original author of Bad Movie Showcase. Heyo. Uh, and we just watched <clears throat> Turkish Star Wars. Also known as... Hold on. The, the Man Who Saves the World? Also known as Dunyayi Kurtaran Adam. I'm pretty sure that wasn't right, but we'll go with it. Alright. <laughs> the movie released 1982. And they literally just... Stole Star Wars footage to make the movie. Yeah, so so the the movie starts out. Do you want me to read the box first? Yeah, yeah. Let, okay. let, let's read the box. So first. so I found a copy of the VHS box. Two of Earth's bravest Turk warriors fly into footage from Star Wars to battle against evil forces bent on the planet's destruction. After crashing on a strange planet that was once part of the Earth, they face the evil villain behind the attacks and his armies of robots and monsters, aided by a wise old man, a mute girl, a young boy and the soundtrack from Raiders of the Lost Ark while well, they discover the secret power hidden on the planet for their enemies do? They literally just admit on the box that they <laughs> no, stole no, that, music. That's probably a fan uh, box. It might be. But, I mean, that it's that's probably better than any box they could have made. His face on the box <laughs> is great, too. He's just uh, making a face that reads, Ah! Oh! Uh, so... This movie is obviously made after the craze of Star Wars, because <laughs> Star Wars was really, uh, it's a little bit of a cultural icon. It's big, you know. Uh, and so they Some saw that, and they're like, let's do that, but we're Turkish, and let's do it in Turkey. Well, the problem is, it's not even a Star Wars movie. It's like, it's about these two pilots that crash land on a planet and have to fight a man named the Wizard. And they just put Star Wars footage in it for no reason. Yeah, no. So uh, the, apparently, what happened was the director had um, spaceships custom made for the for the movie, but a freak storm destroyed all of them. Which that's got to be like God trying to prevent this movie from happening. <laughs> and so they just he he literally put people in like a chair and superimposed Star Wars footage on a screen behind and in front of them, and not even in like a way that makes sense. It was more like. Just you see the Death Star exploding behind them, and it's just so <laughs> stupid. It's insane. Yeah, no. So the the movie starts out, uh, and they try and do like a, a fancy intro credits, uh, which, which was just like a guy with paper. Yeah, it was a guy with paper cutouts of the letters with a light <laughs> underneath them, like, and you could kind <laughs> of see his hand on the side as he moved the names in and out, and and, and then he, it cuts to five straight minutes of off-ratio, off-color Star Wars footage. I'm, I'm also pretty sure with those credits, there's one guy they didn't like, because all the names were kind of, like, a little weird, but one guy's name, they just flipped past really fast. Like, he was on screen for a second. So you're like, It's like he dropped the paper <laughs> while going past his name, and they just kept the take. He just hated that guy and wanted him out of the movie. <laughs> um... It starts with, like, a weird start. We see the Death Star blow up, like, five times. <laughs> it's amazing. Especially near the end of the film. At the end of the film, like, they'll have entire scenes, and instead of paying the money to get more explosives, they just keep cutting to the shot of the Death Star exploding and use that as their explosives. <clears throat> it's also actually funny, because this is a... 
it's the footage from the original Star Wars before they touch it up for the DVD re-releases. So it's not like the dumb fake explosion. It's like the actual one where they like blew up a little model. <laughs> so it looks really good. But it's like, it's so weird, especially because um, this movie was filmed in, I think it's the, the theatrical theatrical format. So it's like a little square with black bars on the side. But Star Wars was filmed widescreen. Yeah. And anamorphic. <laughs> Sorry, and and so that. it looks weird. So you have like the movie footage looks fine, and then um, and then like the Death Star is like squished a little bit, <laughs> and then so you see like, like a big oval. the Millennium Falcon coming in, and Millennium Falcon's been on a diet apparently because it, it's, it's slimmed down a little bit. It's like half the width it's supposed to be during all the scenes they show it with, and so my my favorite part is the person who did their costumes was amazing for recreating Star Wars costumes because they superimposed their main characters sitting in the seats during the uh, during the X-wing. Yeah, fights. I thought that was just a regular Star Wars shot. When yeah, it was showing it from the back. Yeah, so it was it was, like it was showing them him sitting there and they put him in the same positions as the person is in those scenes with like the stuff going on outside. And so like I was surprised at first cuz I thought it was a scene from Star Wars until mm-hmm. I noticed that it was a dude sitting there in front of it. And so they found a motorcycle helmet. And their <laughs> costume team did it, an amazing job it, it, of it making like, it look perfectly like the helmets they used in Star Wars. They kind of spray painted it to look like a Stormtrooper helmet almost. Like it was the same, co- like, well, you know, white and black. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it, it was the same, like, white hat that the Rebels yeah, yeah, wear. Yeah, but and, it, you just didn't see, like, the red Imperial symbol on the, or Rebel symbol on the side. Yeah, but it looked exactly like the props <laughs> in the normal Star Wars movies. So I was like... How did they do this at first until the the scenes behind him start moving while he's trying to monologue and all of a sudden he's sitting in a cockpit except that cockpit's on the middle of in the middle of space looking in on his ship. Well even weirder like they don't splice the footage in a way that makes sense. Like they they have stuff going down the trench scene but it's like <laughs> behind him and he's moving sideways. It's horrible. It is. It is absolutely awful, but also beautiful at the same time. So, they have their their beginning. They apparently cut out over an hour from yes. the film. Th- this movie was two and a half hours long originally, and they cut out an hour, which is, in a movie is an eternity of time. Like, that is so long to cut out. But And apparently they cut out a lot of the exposition stuff, and so most of the stuff... Most of the rest of the movie is just action, and it's action's really boring. Aside from a few <laughs> moments, like the very end, <laughs> when he kills that guy. Yeah. So uh, essentially, how the movie goes is because they cut so many things out of it, it feels like Dragon Ball because everything escalates, but it escalates linearly with nothing changing in the fights. Yeah. Like, it's just it's the same thing over and over, and and the guy doesn't even fight in like a normal way too. He constantly like. He does this move where he hits people in the shoulders, but not like hitting them. He just like grabs their shoulders and that kills them. Yeah, no. So his his most famous move is just a double chop down onto the collarbones, and he does that over a hundred times to different villains. Like every now and then he'll have an interesting kill where he'll like chop off someone's arm and then use that to impale them. That was awesome. That was great. I I gotta go ahead and spoil it real quick. Because the best part of the movie is the very, very end <laughs> when he defeats the wizard. Because, okay, so you, let's talk about the training scene real quick. Yeah, yeah. The best so, part of the movie. so 
first of all, the movie begins and they, they get stranded on the planet. They have like three large fights against what are supposed to be skeletons, but are really obviously just men in black t-shirts with white paint on the shirts to it look was, like rib It was cages. not paint. It was like they made bone moldings to go over it. It was amazing. Yeah. So they... <laughs> It, it was. It looked so bad. He did that. But... Uh, they did that whistle too. The yeah. guy. The guy. Um. He fall. They fall down. They crash onto this alien planet. I think it's the. Alien yeah. Planet, there, but there's two of them. It. It's like two best friends. Guy and other guy. Who never learned. They didn't even say their names. I. They. I think they said them a couple of times. I think one of their names is Ali. Yeah. Yeah. Ali is the friend. Um. And but... one of the things they did was uh the guy comes down and he starts whistling. And, and he's like, this is, is the like, whistle that gets all the ladies. It like it like it's a whistle that is magical and attracts women, but then he just gets attacked by a whole bunch of skeletons. And the dude goes, Oh, you did the wrong whistle. You did the one that gets skeletons, not women, is like the <laughs> line. And I'm like, this movie's awesome because <laughs> it's such a good line. And um, so they, they beat them and they like go to a village where they kind of survive for a little bit. They, until mummies show up and a teddy bear with tinsel on his claws yes. shows up. And <laughs> he, he, um, they end up killing all the children in the village except for one. Yeah. Which that's the, that's the thing I kind of like about this movie is there, there's a lot of movies out there that aren't afraid, that are they're really afraid to like show violence in this way. Like this, this like, did better than the Star Wars prequels did with yeah, showing like, a villain character murdering children because they don't cut away saying like, and the children were murdered. Well, Instead, they show us the children being mauled they do jump cuts to them being covered in blood. Yeah, it's and then weird they, they show they us it. their dead bodies. Like piled in a corner, like firewood. It's and well the best part about it is when when they like show the blood, they like mo most really good blood effects will be like somebody gets hit and blood sprays out. They they show the monster swinging its arm, cut, child has blood all over its face, but not like not like an actual thing. Not not like you see blood, they just have it on there. But like in Star Wars 3, they had that problem where they have the scene in the movie where they want to brutally have Anakin murder children and show he's evil, but then they can't commit to it. And so he's just like, oh my god. He killed all those younglings. You're making it so silly. Just like, do it. But like, them showing us him murdering these alien, non-human children... Uh, except they're obviously just normal humans, probably in the town that lived with the director. Yeah, it kind of uh, reminds me of um. Did you see Suicide Squad where Batman punches Harley Quinn in the face underwater? No. It's really funny because Harley Quinn like comes at him like I'm gonna beat you up. And he just punches her in the face once and she's out. <laughs> it's so silly. But like, so you can't take it seriously at all. So um, the first couple of fights go by, and they're like, "We're not strong enough," so we decide. Oh, let's uh, let's let's train a bit, which leads to possibly the best, <laughs> best training ever. montage in history, so, accompanied by Indiana Jones theme, like the main theme. They like, they use it not, throughout the whole movie. Not it sounds like the Indiana Jones theme. No, literally they stole the Indiana Jones theme and are just playing it. They also had the theme for Bram Stoker's Dracula, that uh, that Bach piece. Uh, they they stole. Um, I don't know what the exact song is, but it's like the generic like. Whenever, like, a love thing is happening in the original Star Wars movies, they have, like, the theme of love that plays. They play that song a lot, too. Um, 
I never heard binary sun, which I'm very surprised by. Yeah, that's I would like have such thought a, I would hear it. That's such a famous Star Wars piece. You Especially if they weren't it. in the middle of the desert wandering. I know, it fits like, so well. They're wandering around the desert and, oh, listen, some weird action drama music. I'm like, why? Just give us some solemn tunes. But back to the training montage. (laughs) So they're in the middle of a desert planet with no materials. Not just a desert. Where they were filming is had rocks everywhere. So it's just like a mountain desert. And so, of course, because there's only rocks, how do they train? But punching rocks. (laughs) And he punches rocks in like five different ways. He'll he'll go for a normal like gut punch. He does like those fast boxer punches. Except he's just punching solid boulders. He, he does like the hundred palm strike too, where he like punches <laughs> with his palm, which that's gotta like be hell on your wrist, you know? Yeah. And so then they show, oh, he's a little strong. He cracks a rock in half. And then he ties those two halves of the rock to his legs. And he starts, and then he just starts running. And the best part of that is like, any normal movie would do this normally, where they like, he, he you're like, okay, we're gonna restrain you with rocks to make you stronger. And they would have him kind of like, stumble a little bit and really struggle to walk then like show more training cut to him being able to walk more training cut to him being able to run so now he's become stronger this movie he puts rocks on his legs and just starts running he just starts at like, a like, it, complete job not challenging him at all like he does do a more heroic run after a couple of seconds of running with these rocks and then he starts jumping with this, these rocks this is, on his legs. This is the point where the director bought a trampoline. <laughs> so they, they get a camera angle from below beside a trampoline. They just start... <laughs> he jumps over the camera so many times. Yeah. It's so funny. They, they have it below the trampoline. And I think they just spent an entire day saying like, Hey, run towards the camera jumping on this trampoline. Which that's very funny that they cut out an hour of this movie, but they kept in like a good 10 minutes of jumping of jump, jumping on a trampoline. <laughs> Jumpoline's a brand. We're not sponsored. Jumpolining. <laughs> but that leads me back into the best part of when he breaks the rocks. So what he does a lot is they show him punching real rocks, but when they want him to break one, he ends up just, um, they, they cut away and they cut back and he clearly has like a big fake rock like it looks like they just spray painted a, a big styrofoam and he cuts one of them in half with a judo chop <laughs> and as soon as i saw that i said please please tell me he cuts a guy in half later <laughs> so thankfully about an hour and a, an hour and like 10 minutes later at the end of the film where one would have expected a training montage i, I was starting to get real bored because like it was the same fights he's just karate chopping everyone he the the most interesting thing that had happened was he fought the big giant teddy bear he jumped on a trampoline and kicked him in the chest and that was it it was so boring and all i could think was just please do something interesting and then the best part of it was he's fighting the wizard and we see him start to like chop his head and take off his mask. And we both knew what was like, about oh, to happen. He cuts the dude in half with a karate chop. He does a big wind up, does so one good. of his famous flip jumps in the air, comes down with a shot, to which they do a quick jump cut 
to like just half as, of a mold of the guy standing upright with another half of the mold kind of falling probably down. Probably just like mirrored that shot, honestly. Uh, probably, and then they show him dead on the ground. But instead of like using the prop, they want to have the actual actor. So they just have something obscuring half of the it's, screen each yeah. time. It, it looks like when they filmed it, they just put like a piece of black paper over the lens. <laughs> so exactly it's just what it was. And they show him dead on the ground. Uh, now, I think... <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the plot. So, the, so what was the wizard's plan? The wizard's plan I'm was to not assault sure. the earth. And okay. to assault the earth, he had to get through the force fields, which apparently required he some of get... the human brain's amazing willpower. He wanted to get through their Islamic force field. <laughs> because apparently, according to, the, to the, the history as we learn in this movie, there's a, place that, there's a part that takes place in a big mosque where they talk about how... There's only one religion on Earth now, and it's Islam. And the secret technology of Islam let them build a force field around Earth. And so... I don't know what to say about that at all. This force field can only open to humans, and somehow the wizard isn't human? It's it's not clear what the aliens are, mostly because most of them are just played by like obvious humans. And they keep trying to talk about how the aliens are different, where they're just like the power of the human brain. The aliens have no brain. And I'm not sure if it's just like a bad translation or like, are they trying to say the aliens are stupid or they literally have no brain? And now, I think it's they literally have now, no brain. This idea was proven that they don't have a brain when they show the wizard's stash somewhere, which is his old brain. Yeah. Besides the legendary sword that'll help him beat the wizard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With the sword, do you mean the piece of cardboard spray-painted gold? <laughs> With spikes all over it? Yes, I do. Making it a worse... The, the whole reason a sword exists is to be like a stabbing object. That right? can that's slash he, if needed. That's how he keeps using it. He keeps trying to stab people. Except it it's these... got spikes in the direction that hinders stabbing. Yeah, so it just doesn't work. I also want to mention that the wizard had amazing costume design. <laughs> He looked like that guy from Slipknot that had the, the death. Look it up. There's a guy from Slipknot. Look up Google right now. Slipknot spike mask. It looks just like that. It's so funny. It does. But uh, you can tell that the costume's a little cheaper than that mask because it looks like they took a really cheap, like old rake and they just kind of bent it around his head. To like make like a weird headdress crown. Yeah. A weird headdress crown with a lot of spikes on it. Now, our favorite character, at least my favorite character in this movie, was the villain's C-3PO, essentially. He looked which... like a weird, um, you know what he looked like? He looked like, um, the, the robot from Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> he does Doesn't look he? like that. <laughs> and so, uh, the, the <clears throat> robot comes into frame a lot of times and just tells them to do things. And it's not threatening. He has but like a little police. They just always head. do it. But he's got it's a so little cute. he's got one of those police spinners, like the lights on top of his head that's just constantly spinning. And it's really adorable. He's just like a cute robot. He's not scary at all. And I was really sad when at like the big ending fight, which took over 20 minutes of the same karate action, <laughs> um, and he karate chops the little guy's head off. And I was so disappointed. He just blows up. And then he blows up because, of course, robots explode when they don't have their heads. It's... I'm trying to think. There, I don't think there were any other characters. There was the mute lady. There was mute lady. Which I didn't realize she was mute. Who I, was a forced love interest. I don't... The second she met the guy. She started just, like, washing blood off his hands. 
like okay so he, he hit he chopped a rock in hard in half so hard that he broke his hand and was bleeding all over it and she starts washing his hands in a bowl that they were eating out of they're eating food out of it like a second ago starts washing the blood out of it and they start playing the theme of love from star wars there's like like, spinach floating in there to (laughs) act as like it's a healing plant she she grabs like the spinach leaves and starts rubbing the blood off his hands and it doesn't even get the blood off like because it's fake blood so it sticks really well to the skin for when you need it in long scenes and she's trying to wash it off with these spinach leaves and it's just not happening when when they cut back to that next scene where he started punching the sand do you think the line for that was "I hate sand"? It's rough and coarse, and it gets everywhere. Yeah. So his his final moment of training is he goes to this big mound of sand he on just, top of the mountain. He just starts punching. And he, it. he no, he doesn't punch it. He just like gorilla slams his hands he down does, like, onto it. He does like the Donkey Kong banana slam on it, and it's so weird. <laughs> and that's apparently like his final bit of training that shows he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> and then he doesn't use any of it. He judo chops a dude at the end. <laughs> Yo, I guess what we're trying to say is spinach is just magic in the alien universe. I also Obviously. didn't understand why are humans like so smart in this universe? They never really expand on that. They, the, the whole idea of what the villain's saying is that like the human brain is super powerful. So if he can get just one, he can rule the galaxy. But, like, what well, makes humans I, special in this context? I think the thing is the force field only reacted to human brains. I don't know. And it didn't sound like that's he, what he was saying. He could destroy Earth with his power. And then he'd be the ruler. he was able to get through the force field. But the force field was stopping him. Well, that's the problem. Is like, in, in a good Except sci-fi thing, you need to be He's shown able... to be not that powerful, despite being also he, ungodly powerful. He can teleport and create illusions at will. But he tries to end the final fight... By, like, throwing spears. It's insane. <laughs> I Like, he's he just warps in, and he's like, I am God immortal. <laughs> and he tries to kill the bad guy by taking his spear thrown at him, and he misses, and the guy just kills him. <laughs> it's now, so weird. Now, the, the best part uh, we learned is he, in order to create all these weird monsters that are, like, really cheap costumes and what looks like discount fursuits... Um, the wizard uses a special hypnotist ability, which was apparently stolen from another movie. The like scene they show yeah, every time I, I he looked uses it, up. it. I think it was it was a movie from 1980 called The Magic Sword that and they stole. Um, we were, I really love that when it showed up because it's a really cool scene at first. But they show like the 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 kids. He sucks all their blood out with a crazy straw, and then the kids are like <laughs> the in crazy a pit. Straw. It shows like a yellow spiral, and then it shows a mummy in the same place. It's like that's a really like kind of cool, yeah. interesting and way the, to show the, the good thing into about the mummy is the mummies all had this weird spiral pattern on the face, yeah, which was put in the exact position that the spiral was in that transformed them. So it looked it was really, really cool. nice. Uh, it was almost as though it was drawing from the works of Jinji Ito. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing I have to say about this movie is we were so bored watching it at the, the yeah. last half. We just started talking about literally anything else. Yeah. So the the if you watch this movie, the first forty minutes and the last five are amazing. That's all you got to watch. But really. everything between that is awful. They they have this whole subplot where they show the downfall of Christianity. More more specifically, um, how all the Christians went to this place and then all became Muslims. 
and then by hiding underground and then being given a present by the next prophet after Muhammad and then he turned the mountain into a giant sword and killed everybody I don't really still understand it. yeah it's they they had this uh, I, I I don't know the uh, phrase for a Muslim priest but they had this priest character uh, the I wise man an, I think it's an imam is it maybe, maybe? Uh, but so this man tells him of where the legendary weapon which can kill the wizard is, uh, which is our spiky sword made of quote unquote bronze. Um, and so he, our hero comes back after having defeated a copy of his best friend that turned into a teddy bear um, and then gives the sword to the priest. To which the priest then turns into the wizard. <laughs> yeah, I was because I was I was literally saying that right before that happened. Like, I bet he's just gonna kill him and take the sword, <laughs> and then he turns into the wizard. It's like, thanks. Now and the problem is away. this confused us because we weren't sure whether the wise man was always a wizard. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Or whether he was just taken place of. Sadly, they ruined that interesting intrigue plotline. Like, like, like the like idea of the two wizard. scenes later, where they showed the wise man laying on the ground bleeding. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Apparently, a Muslim priest is called a mullah. Or a mullah or something. Mullah. Uh, however it is pronounced. Uh, we're not trying to make offense. I just, I wasn't sure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this movie's really not this, good. This movie's really good and not good, depending on which part you're watching. The, the most fun I had was when we were talking about um, that thing with Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, <laughs> I read about this. We were just so bored. This is what we were talking about. Let's see, we were talking about um, the Blood Quran. Yeah, yeah, which... we were talking about the Blood Quran, which somehow... So, so here's my understanding of it. Um... Ahmad Ahmadinejad made a Quran out of his own blood. He had it. He had it made when he was president, and it's weird because you simultaneously don't want it to exist because blood is offensive in Islam, but also they can't destroy it because it's a copy of the Quran. If you destroy it, it's bad. Which I just thought I, I read about that a long time ago. I thought it was interesting. But more importantly, did you know that Osama bin Laden had Naruto hentai on his <laughs> computer when he died? He also had. Pirated yeah. video games from like from the so DS. many different games. He had like, he had like creepy Naruto hentai. He had Final Fantasy VII on there, which was so weird. And then and he also the had, movie. I think he had Chinatown Wars, the Grand Theft Auto <laughs> game. It was so weird because it's just like, like he had so many normal nerdy things. He was just like a neckbeard. <laughs> like he was a neckbeard at the time of his death. Anyway, like that's how bored we were. Is I just started looking stuff up, and we just started talking about anything else because this movie gets really boring from like the forty minute to ninety five minute mark. Yeah, or, like it, the one hundred twenty five minute mark. It was just it sucked during that in between because it's supposed to be the best part of the movie because it's the part that's really action packed because it's like the last twenty minutes are a huge fight scene except. It's... In an attempt to cut out that extra hour, they also cut out any inch of screen time that they could in the middle of fights, which means the fight is just not cuts every two seconds. Now, the my my favorite part is he sucks at sword. 
He's not good with sword. He sucks so at sword. He decides, oh, I need a way to use my karate chops, except also somehow use the sword that can kill the wizard. So what he does is he, like, goes to this temple forge, throws the <laughs> yeah. sword into a cauldron. He melts it down. Sticks his hands directly into the burning hot bronze. And when he, when he pulls them out. comes out with welding gloves, spray-painted bronze <laughs> with, like, really large sequins. He, like sewn onto the back to like look like, like armor. It looked like he had budget cosplay infinity gauntlets <laughs> on both hands. Just no stones. And then apparently he also had boots made of the same stuff Those because they cut to the next. Bootlets. They cut to the like in the fight. They, I guess they cut out the time he put his foot into the burning metal as well. Which, why would you do that? I guess because he keeps kicking people. But so, because he gets these gloves, it ruins the interesting fight he had with the sword where he actually did something that wasn't karate chopping people in the collarbone I, over and over again. It's so weird. Like, it is. If, so, I rate my movies from negative 10 to 10 with negative being ironic enjoyment which where is the I know wrong way to do it because you're supposed to use a four star system like <laughs> what, Roger whatever did. anyway I I have movies that I know are bad but I love this movie if but, I was only doing the first 40 minutes and the last five I would give the movie a eight negative eight out of ten and indicating it's a positive eight in enjoyment yeah it's a positive it's eight in enjoyment movie. but it's awful uh, and a after like seeing the whole thing, the parts in between, I have to give it like a negative four because it's yeah. just it's so boring in that middle time. We we were laughing so hard that first ten minutes of just blatant stealing Star Wars footage, the first and then ten him whistling minutes. and fighting the skeletons. It was so good, and, and then the really training boring. montage. It was just crazy. Uh. What, what what would you give it? I give it like a negative one and a half out of four stars. Because it was just like, it was just boring after a while. Yeah. Like, the best bad movies are ones that are not just bad and entertaining, but ones that are constantly bad and entertaining in new and interesting ways. This one is funny because it has stolen footage, stolen music, and it's just crazy. And then it comes out of, it comes out of nowhere and just adds in all the fighting, and then the fighting's boring. Yeah. And so it's boring all the way through. Well, I'd like to thank you for coming on, Tyler. No problem. Uh, I mean, this is also your baby as well. Yeah, but... uh, I'll probably have Tyler on a bunch. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try to get new people every week if I can. Uh, if you'd like to be on... He'll come um, crawling back to me eventually. <laughs> if you'd like to be on, please contact me at my email. Uh, J-S-H-A-R-P-3-7 at vols.utk.edu. And mention that you'd like to be on the podcast. Oof. Uh, and I'll bet, try and get back to you. You better bring a good movie, too. Because I got some good stuff that I'm still holding up trying to give to John. Yeah, we. I, I've got a list of bad movies. Uh, but if you have a recommendation, also email me. Also, if you have a copy of Double Down or any Neil Breen movies, give them to John <laughs> so, he can give, so he can give them to me. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. I'll see you next time.